LA Metro Magazine podcast is here to bring you the entertaining, informative, and inspiring stories of the people who live, work, and play in the greater Lewiston-Auburn, Maine area. I'm your host, Colby Michaud. On this episode, we chat with Keith Tannenbaum, the owner of The Vault, a shop in downtown Lewiston for exceptional wines, crafty beers, and tasty bites. Keith and I talk about how he came to own the store, his thoughts on Lewiston Auburn as a supportive community for small businesses, plus plenty of discussion about beer and wine. This is LA Metro Magazine Podcast, Episode 8. Hi, Keith. Hi, Colby. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you, for a Monday morning. Welcome to LA Metro Magazine Podcast. Nice, thank you. I think this might be one of my first times being on a podcast. That's very cool. Me too. Oh. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes, yeah? Excellent. Um, For those that don't know, you are the owner of The Vault here in Lewiston. Yes. And you sell beer and wine. Uh, Amongst some handful of other things, but yes, primarily beer and wine. Yeah. Now, we'll definitely get into the details of what that's like, but before that, can we... Can we go back in time and you tell us where you're from, where you grew up, sure. and then eventually how you got to to this place? God, absolutely. Uh, I was actually born in Ohio, grew up in Michigan, uh, and then just before my junior year of high school, I moved to Buffalo, New York, uh, and I finished high school and college in Buffalo, uh, moved to New England, uh, originally in Massachusetts, to look for work uh, working in higher education uh, and worked at a series of colleges and universities uh, and that led me to work at Bates College and I worked there for two years as a housing coordinator and then 16 years as the assistant dean of students and the director of student activities and shortly after that uh, I started working here for Susan Hall who was the original owner of the store And then within a handful of months after working here, uh, we decided to buy the place from Susan. And so we bought the store back uh, just over four years ago. Okay. So were you always a big fan of fine wine or craft beer? Uh, I wouldn't say always. Uh, I definitely had, you know, as the craze in craft beer started to get bigger and bigger in the country, you know, I started realizing that there were better beers out there to drink. And so I did. Uh, And I was a regular customer here. So uh, when I, you know, was looking for work, Susan offered me part-time work here. And it was a fantastic opportunity to spend more time getting to know beer and then also starting to learn about wine. Uh, My wine knowledge was fairly rudimentary at the beginning and I have uh, gained a great deal of knowledge over the last, you know, five years or four and a half years that I've been here. Very cool. Yeah, my my wine knowledge is not present. I think most people's wine knowledge is, is limited to what they like and what they don't like. And that's fine. That's sort of how it should be. You should know what you don't like and know what you do. I think what's the challenge is uh, there are hundreds of different types of wine and styles and countries of origin and grapes and you name it. And uh, taking an opportunity to try some of those new things can really open your eyes and expand your horizons. And I think that's part of what a place like this is really able to do for people. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, people like you are actually so valuable because I don't have to go and learn about all this. I can just tell you what I like right. and 
you can recommend something, and I'm gonna, I'm yeah. probably gonna go for it. Yeah, and I will say, you know, I don't, you know, my my wine knowledge is much better than certainly than it used to be, and probably better than a lot of people. But um, there are absolutely still people that come in here that will ask me questions that I have to go to the computer to look up to help them best but you know the good thing is is that the internet is a fantastic resource for uh, pairings for wine and uh, getting descriptions and things like that so I definitely rely on the interwebs for fit for things like that since you've owned the vault have you gone to different vineyards and traveled and for specifically for wine research um, no uh, to be honest, uh, owning a small business as a sole proprietor does not leave a great deal of time for travel. Uh, you know, I just would like to definitely get to a point where we can do some traveling. The former owner, Susan Hall, used to do some trips uh, a couple times a year where she would take a small group of people, rent a house in wine country, in you know, a wine region in another country, go visit, and they'd spend a week visiting vineyards and eating great food and drinking great wine. And uh, I'd absolutely love to be able to do that again, both for some beer trips as well as definitely for the wine trips. I was going to say beer too would be fun. Yeah, no, my, my, definitely my dream trip for beer is to actually go to Belgium uh, and bring a group of people and just sort of drink some of the amazing Belgian beers, some of which I've had, uh, many of which I have not, and to be able to drink them right from the source and to meet the people who are making them would just be, uh, you know, an amazing opportunity. Is that because you're a fan of Belgian beer? I will say Belgian beers are probably my favorite style, yes. Hmm. Belgians and sours, although those two often overlap. Is, isn't Allagash White a, a Belgian uh, Allagash is a Belgian-style brewery, yes. Okay. So almost everything that they everything make that, okay. uh, involves, you know, definitely is a Belgian style. So we can talk, let's talk a little bit about the Maine's craft beer industry. Sure. Um, isn't, wasn't, um, Shipyard was one of the first, you know, uh, quote-unquote craft beers, but that was quite, that was back in the 90s when they yeah. first. I think Shipyard and Geary's. Yeah, Geary's is um, actually. Amongst, I think I think Geary's is actually the first. first. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Shipyard Geary's and, and Allagash is actually celebrating their 25th anniversary this year. So mm-hmm. you know that's a long time. You yep. know, in the craft beer world. But uh, over the last five years, it's just it's blown just up on, like crazy. Yeah. yeah. No, I I think uh, just before COVID, another brewery opened in Maine, and I think that was somewhere around the one between around 150 to 160 breweries that oh, were wow. then open That's in crazy. the state of Maine. I think um, the last time I looked at the number, I think it was at some point last year, it was like 127. Yeah, and I so think they, it's gone up. And it, yeah. and it, I think that it sometimes depends on how it counts because Sebago has multiple locations and Oxbow, you know, so I think yeah. that it depends, you know, sometimes on how they're counting that. But yeah, in terms of actual spaces where brewing takes place, and I think it's... It's a lot for a small state like Maine. It's great. Right. And so as um as a a store that sells craft beer, mm-hmm. I mean that's something that you very that's a focus for this. Definitely. Um is it a, is it true that every day you you're you're getting a newsletter or some some information about a brewery you've never heard of before? Uh not so much that I've never heard of before. I definitely try to keep up with that. M- most of the new breweries when they first start, they they don't right away get into um canning or bottling their beers right. to okay. sell at retail stores like this. Uh and so um 
over time, they evolve to that point most of the time. There's a handful of breweries that are distributing right when they open because that's part of their mission. Uh, but most breweries, you know, they want to dial things in, get things running, get their tap room successful, and then move to the, uh, the point of distributing to stores. And, you know, I do my best to keep uh, track of what's out there and to try to get as many different breweries represented in the store, especially the main breweries. Mm -hmm. um, we have two coolers for beer, one of which is all beers from Maine, and uh, just keeping up with that is quite a challenge. Yeah. And you do you sell um, kegs, too? We do kegs. sell kegs. I mean, it, it is not something I do a lot of. Most of it is to order. You know, people yeah. will come in and say, I want a keg of this, I want a keg of that, and then I do. Sometimes I'll just have kegs on hand that people can grab, but mostly like it's just by request. Yeah, definitely the popular ones. Yeah. The number one selling beer at our store year after year is Substance from Bissell Brothers. Mm -hmm. We sell a good bit of it. We have a great relationship with the brewery. We've been carrying their canned products here since they started distributing, and we were one of the first few stores that did it. Uh, and that was fantastic and has been a great uh, relationship for us. We do carry their kegs as well, mm -hmm. uh, and it's been great to be able to sort of uh, help people that get a keg of substance into their home. Is that one of those beers that sells out that you have to, if you get a, a shipment in, you have to come and pick it up in the next day or two? There's, there's very little that actually, right now, we don't have a ton of beers that fit that description. And because we get a decently uh, large delivery, yeah. you know, then we have enough that it can usually last at least a week. Currently, I am sold out of substance, <laughs> as it turns bad. out. But that, that was because we didn't get any this past week. We got it two weeks ago, and so we will hopefully have more substance this week. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the wine side of it, too? Because sure. Because that that's one of the big draws, obviously. Yeah. Um, in addition to carrying a lot of different types of wine, you, pre-pandemic, you were doing tastings. We were, yeah. And weekly, weekly, mm -hmm. and um, how, how did you implement implement that idea, and how has that affected the actual the business? So the interesting thing is, um, we've been doing tastings here. I mean, Susan start has been doing tastings here for a long time, and uh, they were tied often to the art walk. Uh, and it was one of the sort of highlights of the art walk for people to be able to come in here and try some wines. We would typically have two different vendors here, each of whom would have, you know, some wines on their table for people to try. And uh, it's a great opportunity to be able to try something before you buy it. And even if you don't want to buy it, it's just a great opportunity to try some new things that maybe help expand your palate and your horizons in terms of what's available out there. Um, and definitely the nights that we did the tastings, you would see an uptick in business because we would get a good crowd. People were excited to buy what they were trying. And, you know, we always made it a point of trying to have value-driven wine so people could see that they could get a really good bottle of wine for not a lot of money. Mm -hmm. uh, and definitely the not having the tastings has been, you know, hard. Because uh, they're fun. It's nice to have a, a house full here and, you know, people enjoying themselves. And there were a lot of people that we would get to see each week because they were coming in to try the new stuff. Um, so that's disappointing. But in terms of what it's meant for the business, because uh, alcohol consumption has gone up 
during the current pandemic, we are actually not seeing a drop off as a result of that. I mean, I think if we were doing our nor- what the business we're doing now and doing tastings, that would be fantastic. Yep. I don't know that those two would go hand in hand. And you've started doing um, curbside pickup and delivery. Is that right? When when all this began, we were uh, we were and actually still are offering curbside pickup. Yeah. Uh, we are not doing as many deliveries right now. Um, we are in the process of signing on with a company based out of Portland uh, that is expanding their operations to Lewis and Auburn, who will be doing some deliveries for us, okay. hopefully. Yep. Um, but right now, uh, if we do deliveries, then there's a charge. When we were doing most of the deliveries during the start of the pandemic, it was free. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a lot for me to you know. I basically would close the shop at 6, clean up, and close down, and then go out and do deliveries and not get home until 7.30, 8 o'clock, which is fine, but it is not uh, ideal for uh, my life. So. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm still willing to do deliveries. It's just it has to work around you know the schedule, and that's sometimes a challenge. Oh yeah, I remember a few years ago I was here for a tasting, mm-hmm. but it was for beer. Yeah, and the the brewery was Booth Bay. Yeah, craft brewery. Yep, and I think that was the first time I ever had Thirsty Botanist. Yeah, and to this day it's still one of the top. Yeah, you know, that's a great beer. Yeah, um, I I also have to say. <laughs> Your um, your posts on Instagram because mm-hmm. you post all the time. Just you know the the four packs that you get in, or you'll you'll do a nice wide shot of the cooler, uh, which is fun because you can then zoom in and see what you've got. Yeah. Those work for me. They work like, for a lot of for people. a lot of people. Yes. I'm, I'm, can you talk a little bit about your marketing and advertising efforts? Yeah. In addition to that, I will say. Um, We've tried a handful of different things. What I have found by far to be the most successful is still Instagram and Facebook. Um, We have over the years done paid advertising on both, mostly for events, you know, but sometimes for special opportunities. Uh, But um, I have plenty of people who, you know, they look at Instagram specifically to see what new has come in from us and so that they can make sure that they know right away to come in and get it. And it's a great way to communicate with my customers and also just to show them what's here. Uh, I get criticized uh, every once in a while for not posting enough pictures of wine. Uh, But, you know, the wines are not, I mean, when they are important releases, you know, when like Beaujolais Nouveau comes out, or there's the annual release of a certain special wine. Definitely, I post that. Uh, but what draws the most eyes is definitely the the new arrivals of the beer, because well, there's a new beer coming in basically every single day. Yeah, and and the artwork is so amazing right. to look at. It's so colorful. It's so creative and interesting. Yes. That's like that alone is a draw. I think no question. Um, and I know that <clears throat> Instagram makes it easy to share to your friends and and so I'll get I'll share a picture that you've posted or I'll mm. get a, a share from one of my friends who also loves Thirsty Botanist right? mm. and so I'm like okay well, I gotta go to the, the vault before it closes today pick that up that's what we hope we, we are we've tried a couple of others we um, uh, we've tried a couple of other apps and websites that have not done as well for us and I think as much as I think generationally, uh, the current younger new craft beer drinkers aren't spending as much time on Facebook as they once did. Uh, they definitely are still using 
uh, Instagram and perhaps now is the time where I need to start figuring out how to do more work on like Snapchat, for example. I, I think you've got to start dancing on TikTok, too. Uh, well, since TikTok may or may not go away soon, who knows if that's the right <laughs> choice. But, yes, like some, joke, some videos of me t trying beers wouldn't be the worst <laughs> thing to post. That's true. Yeah. Um, I did. A couple of months ago, I posted a picture of a—I was doing a taste test of a, a new beer from a local brewery. And I posted the picture of the can with a glass next to it, and instantly people came in and they're oh, like, wow. "That looks perfect. I need to buy it." So, it you know that marketing definitely works, and considering it's free, it's fantastic. Well, you've got a great product already. I so well, the that, that doesn't itself. hurt. There are people that are looking for what right. I have. You just need to get their attention, basically. Right. Yeah. Stress is an inevitable part of life. Learning how to manage stress takes practice. Not only is it possible, it is necessary. Hi, I'm Nicole, Association Director of Health, Wellness, and Fitness from the YMCA of Auburn-Lewiston. Here are a few ways to help you deal with stress. Exercise regularly. It's one of the best ways to relax your body and mind and improve your mood. When you're stressed, your muscles get tense. Loosen them up by stretching, enjoying a massage, and getting a good night's sleep. Eating a regular, well-balanced diet will help control your moods and make you feel better overall. Life is busy, hectic, and too fast-paced. Sometimes we just need to slow down and chill out. Plan and schedule time for meditation, yoga, tai chi, listen to music, or spending time outside. Remember that you can't control everything. Do yourself a favor and stop thinking you must do it all. Keep a positive attitude and your sense of humor. Laughter goes a long way. For more health and wellness tips and to learn more about the YMCA of Auburn-Lewiston, visit us online at alymca.org or stop by and see us. You had touched on demographics a little bit. Would you say most of your customers come from the Lewiston-Auburn area or do you have people that come from different towns that people travel? Uh, I mean, I definitely have most of them that come from L.A. Uh, def there are, you know, people who will come down from, I had somebody come the other day from Rumford, you know, because what she was looking for couldn't find there. And definitely there are plenty of people who come from Turner, Green, uh, Poland, etc., probably more often related to who works down here. Uh, but, you know, if you live anywhere in the area and you're looking for, you know, a, a good quality beer or wine, you know, there's, there's, this is a great place to turn for that. How many different types of wine do you have? Um, well, so I don't know if you, that I can answer. So if you ask how Fluctuates. many different, if you say how many different wines do I have, you said types. I did. Uh, so if you ask how many wines I have, I just recently have been doing some additions to my site and I can tell you that I have, uh, just over a thousand different wines. Wow. Yes. And, and you've tried them all. Gosh, no. <laughs> I would like to say I have. I have definitely not. And it's the same with the beer. We, we I think, have over 400 different beers, um, maybe even over five. I'm not really positive because wow. it changes so quickly with what comes and what goes. But um, I haven't tried all of those either. I'd like to. It's helpful if I can. But uh, I do try to learn about them what I can and then share that knowledge, but ultimately, you know, if someone says, have you tried this, I'm going to be honest with them and say if I have or have not. Can we talk about liquor? We can, yeah. 
So, have you ever considered having liquor in your store? I have definitely considered having liquor in the store. Um, it's something that... Okay, so what? one of the interesting things about Google, for example, is that the category that I fall into on Google is beer, wine, spirits, or beer, wine, liquor. There is no beer category. There's no wine category. There's no beer and wine category. It's either... All three is the only way to do it. So uh, I get a monthly report from Google on what searches have been done that included me, and the number one thing month after month is liquor store. And I think some people, when they say liquor store, they just mean a place where they can buy alcohol. Others mean specifically a place where they can buy hard liquor. And so I have people all the time that call or come in looking for specific liquors and looking for liquor in general, and it's just not something that we have. Uh, I have looked into the possibility, and uh, the state has some bars that they set for having uh, liquor, to be an agency liquor store, Uh, and there are limits to the number of agency liquor stores in any town or city based on population. There's also a minimum number of items you have to have and also a minimum dollar value for the stock you carry. So it becomes an expensive proposition to get into carrying liquor or to being an agency liquor store, but it is something I am in the process of trying to get, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Uh, right now, it's just a good time for me to sort of make that move. The challenge also is um, because the state owns and controls liquor sales in the state, they set the prices, and so the margins are what they set. So the neat thing is, as a consumer, is that if you go to one store, the price on a bottle of liquor is going to be the exact same at every store in the state of Maine on that day. And so that's neat, but uh, it does nece- doesn't necessarily lead itself to having you know a higher margin, for example, on some of the more sought-after items. Not that I'm trying to jack things up, but ultimately it would be right. nice to be able to you know price things according to their uh, interest level. Right. So if Hannaford's having a sale on Jim Beam, that means... Rupert's is having it too, and, and, so, and would so wouldn't you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, interesting. I don't know if Jim Beam is one of those ones I would carry. There's <laughs> nothing well, wrong with Jim Beam, don't get me wrong, right. but my, my point, and if I was to do be a liquor store, is that I want to carry things here that fit with what we that also you can't carry. get You elsewhere. can't get elsewhere. Or that you can get elsewhere, but around here, you know, there's not a true sort of high-end liquor store. Certainly some of the Rupers carry great selections, no question, and I'm Mm -hmm. not insulting them by saying that, but I do think that most of the stores are confined to a certain amount of space. They carry what what sells well, as any store should, and, uh, you know, I'd like to be able to be that person that can give them advice and help them steer them towards what they really really want. If there was a customer that came to you and and you, let's say you do have a liquor license at Mm -hmm. this point and wanted a very specific liquor, Mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe it's from another country. Yep. Are, Are you... That has to go through the state first, right? Or the state you, has to have it. Yeah, yeah, I can't. You can't just go and. Same with beer order and any, wine. Okay. Anything that I carry has to be licensed with the state first. Okay. Also, in case you were curious, um, 
Maine is a cash on delivery state for beer and wine, so there's no terms. So everything in the store is paid for as soon as it's dropped off. Yeah, got it. And that would go for liquor as well. Yes. So, you know, a lot of places, you know, they get their things in, they have 30 days to pay for it. I don't. So it, technically every drop of liquor in the store is currently owned. Also, liquor or Alcohol is not something that be, can be used for collateral. So, would I ever to be uh, have financial issues? They can't. It can't be taken. I'm still going to own all of this beer and wine. Wow, just good. So I'll have plenty to drink if yeah. I ever close. Yeah, you're well stocked. I am well stocked. Yes. What about shelf life? For it, you know, for beer, obviously, yeah. it's much obviously different than wine. Wine is. But. Yeah, and I, you know, the 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 beer. Um, most of the beer is, is usually like three months, 90 days. Okay. Um, some of the breweries print dates right on them, and when things have hit that point, especially hoppy things, you know, you don't want them on the shelf longer than that. So I try to go through it. Some of my reps will also go through, and they'll pull things as needed okay. uh, and try to make sure that everything is as fresh as it can be. We, we sell through most of the things with shelf life before the shelf life runs out anyway. It's not really a, a huge problem probably. Not not much. I mean, it's, you know, some here and there no question that just doesn't move the way we had hoped and so we end up having to pull it. But, you know, most of it, the sours, the stouts, you know, Belgian stuff, those can last forever, not forever, but for a very long time, so I'm not as worried about them being uh, keeping an eye on the dates on those. Do you have a favorite wine? Uh, if we are talking, I mean, I really like, as far as a white is concerned, I really enjoy Sancerre. Um, I will say, like, a Sauvignon Blanc is just something that I find refreshing. Vino Verde, also very refreshing. Um, if we're drinking red, uh, I tend to prefer a Pinot Noir, but I'm also, I really do enjoy trying new things. And, uh... I'm often asked, you know, do I drink the expensive stuff because I get it for less money? And the answer to that is no, because I'm, you know, I'm not making millions of dollars quite yet. So I, I try to find what the great values are. And then uh, if I get samples especially, then I'll take those home and drink them. And it's just good to sort of be able to check those things out. Hmm. I, I'm just wondering if, if when you go out to restaurants, out to, to dine, are you ordering wine? Are you thinking, do you have a different way of thinking about that? Well, I think anybody who works in this industry understands that, especially if you know what things cost, you know, you go to a restaurant, restaurant markups are typically much higher than store retail, rest, retail markup. It can be challenging when you know what something costs to think about paying so much more for it in the restaurant. But ultimately, if you're going out to dinner and you're going to enjoy yourself, you just have to get what makes you happy. Um, I, I, will, I try probably more often, I would say, getting mixed drinks just because it's not something I get much of otherwise. Uh, but I will uh, definitely, if there's a really good beer on the list or if there's a wine that I want to try, I would definitely happily do those as well. Are there any places locally in your restaurants that you enjoy going to? Um, yeah, I mean, actually, a lot of them. We, you know, it's hard right now the way things are. I think we do a lot more takeout, but I love Boba. I think they're doing a great job. Uh, Cowbell has been a good addition to downtown. Um, I definitely miss Fuel, but I think Cowbell has at least added something back in. Uh, da Vinci's is very good. 
but you know, right now it's just hard. I'd love to be able to go out and sit and have a really nice leisurely dinner at Fishbones, but that because of COVID, no matter where you go right now, yeah. it just feels a little weird unless you're sitting outside. Yeah. And I, we had uh, lunch yesterday outside uh, over in Oxford, and it was really nice. But, you know, there, if something doesn't change by the time winter hits in yeah. Maine, I'm very nervous about what it's going to mean for all of these places that are at least finally able to start making some money again. I know. And it, it, we're we're still technically in summer, but it feels like winter's fast approaching, doesn't it? Uh, and, and, you know, this is Maine. <laughs> that's so right. Every year, it'll, it'll be fall before you know it. It's and like a surprise for some reason. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, that's right. Winter <laughs> comes. Um, what do you like to do for fun? Uh, well, I, we were talking about this the other day, my wife and my son and I. And one of the things I love doing is going to the movies. I really miss oh, movies. Me too. And just sitting in a theater and enjoying. I was just thinking about that. Covering, I really miss that. Yeah. Uh, the smells, the movies, you know, we watch plenty of movies at home yep. and it's great, but you know, the experience of sitting in a theater is important and I miss that. Yeah. I, at home, I have a pretty good setup. I have not a huge TV, but I have a nice, decent sized TV and a, a good sound system. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's something about going to the actual cinema. Yeah. It's the experience of, you know, the time you have to like pick a time. Yeah. You know, that's, that's something that we, if you remember back not that long ago, you actually had to plan to watch your favorite TV show. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's I, a, you know, we, that like many people, is, cut yeah. the cord and we don't have cable anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. No, you want to watch something now, you do whatever the heck I, you want. What I, the point is, I think I miss oh, you one of the reasons. Yeah, I, I miss one of the reasons I liked going to the movies is because you had to, like, make it for that time. Yeah, start. no, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you think, oh, let's go see a movie. And you'd look, and you're like, nope, they've all started yeah. too late. Yeah. yeah. And That's the other it. thing that we like to do, uh, my wife and I, uh, for a long time, my both of my kids had been, were out of the house. And so we loved to go to breweries. Um, it's a really fun way to try new beers and also just to talk to people in breweries people are just nice and they're looking to chat and you can just sort of strike up conversations with complete strangers and never see them again and that's okay it's just fun to hang out and talk that's a beer right. yeah and there's so many to go to now yeah and so many allow dogs which is really cool yes we don't bring our dog mostly because i don't think our dog is a good uh brewery dog uh, the woman who owned the store previously had a really sweet little West Highland Terrier who was in the store with her most days. And I um, had thought, I've been asked whether or not I'll ever bring my dog, and the answer is no, because my dog is way too hyper and barky mm-hmm. to sort of be here because he would just bark at everybody as they came in, and that's not really good for business. No. <laughs> what kind of dog is it? Uh, he is a Golden Retriever Chow mix. Okay. We think. I'm trying to trying to imagine what that looks like in my mind. He looks much more like a golden retriever, right. but he's a little bit smaller. Yeah, uh, and he's got the spots on his tongue and the curved tail that indicate his chow side. And he's also a little hype, more hyper, which I think is from the chow side. Hmm. Since 2015, the annual summer block party presented by Uncle Andy's Digest has raised over two hundred and sixty-six thousand dollars for Make a Wish Maine. That translates to 38 wishes being granted to Maine children battling critical illnesses. This year, on Saturday, October 3rd, we're doing things a little differently. 
The party will again be hosted outside, next to Max Grill in Auburn, with only 100 in-person tickets being sold. But new for this year, we'll also be streaming the event live. So that means anyone can join in on the celebration and be part of this inspiring community event. To learn more about the Summer Block Party and to purchase tickets, go to lasummerblockparty.com. You've been in this community for a, a while now. Yeah. In different roles. Yep. What would you say some of the strengths are of the Lewis and Auburn area? Uh, one of the things that I have found is that there are a lot of people who are really dedicated to making this community great and putting the time, the effort, the energy into uh, building up an area that I think for far too long has taken a beating. And that's been great to sort of be a part of that. And I will say when I left higher education, and I never in my life thought that this would be where I'd end up, but being a part of this downtown community has been wonderful. And it's, you know, I've, I have a whole new set of people that I hang out with and that I talk and that I've gotten to know than from when even I worked only about a couple of blocks the other direction. And it's a completely different life now, and that's been wonderful. Um, it's a very, you know, eclectic group in Lewiston-Auburn, and I think that with the new Americans that have come into town, that I think really has changed what happens here, and I think that's fantastic. And um, there's a lot of people here who have been here their whole lives and take a great deal of pride in the place, and I think that that's important. Yeah. I will also say it's changed a lot. You know, a business like this wouldn't have existed downtown 20 years ago. Uh, you know, and yeah. it's, you know, I think that that change in and of itself and what's happening downtown with the Downtown Lewiston Association, of which I am a part. And, you know, we have, you know, tried, I think, to really help things, obviously, with what's going on right now with the pandemic. That's having an impact on all of us. But... Ultimately, I do think that uh, there's still a lot of really good happening down here, and I hope that that will continue to be the case. Do you think there's room for improvement? Absolutely. I think that there's always room for improvement. I think that there are still, uh, excuse me, there are still a number of empty storefronts that I would love to see filled, uh, buildings that I'd like to see bought. But uh, I do think that you know that even during the pandemic, a place like Break opened up downtown, and I think that was a really good addition. Uh, you know, there's a really neat space on the first floor of the Hartley Block. I'd love to see somebody move into that space. You know, the old TD Bank building on the corner uh, of Ash and Lisbon Street, I would very much like to see that space filled. I think it's an expensive proposition, but it would be great to see somebody go in there. Uh, so, you know, there are definitely some things that there's I would like to see happen, but I do think that there is a great deal of potential. Yeah. There's a lot of available space. and I keep trying to talk to my brewery friends and suggest that they all open a second be? location somewhere in downtown Lewiston because I really think that, number one, it would be a great addition, but more importantly for them, I actually think that they would just do very well. I think there's a lot of people that look for that and would be happy to sort of spend some money at a place that was down here. Yeah, that would be really cool. I mean, we have the pub at Baxter. We do. And you have bare bones and you do have places, but I just think... The more, more the merrier, yeah, you know, exactly. and they're all, you know, the East Bayside neighborhood in Portland, you know, one brewery after another keeps opening in that location. Clearly, that density is not 
you know, lowering the money that any of them are making? And wouldn't it be great if we could just make it so that this was more of a destination along those lines? Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, like you said earlier, going to a, a brewery is an experience. It's not, yep. you know, the beer is one part of it, but it's, right. I think for a lot of people, it's probably not the most... Uh, it's not the b- biggest factor to right. actually go out. And- right. And, you know, I mean, and, and there are breweries that I've been to multiple times. So it's not like I'm trying something new every time I go there. Sometimes I am, absolutely. Other times, you know, it's just a nice place to have a beer and to enjoy the environment and, you know, to help support them, all of that. I think mean, it's great. Yeah. Has anything surprised you since you have worked here at the vault? Well... I mean, I think that it's all been, surprise might be a strong word for it, but it has definitely been an adjustment uh, just because it's also new to me. I was in the world of nonprofit higher education for my entire professional life. Now to be in a for-profit small business ownership position has definitely been different, but um, I have been thoroughly impressed and enjoyed the support that we've gotten and the enthusiasm that people have and the number of times that people will come in and say, how are you doing? Because they want to make sure that we're doing okay. And, and even through the pandemic, there have been a lot of people that are like, I, I know I just want to come in and support you. And for example, we offer a case discount. So if you buy 12 bottles of wine, mixed or the same, you get a 10% discount. And one of my customers the other day, she said, you need to stop giving us the discount. We're going to keep coming. I'm like, that's not how it works. It's okay. Yeah. But it was just that thoughtfulness that like, yes, you we save money, but I'd rather make sure that you're doing okay than worry about us saving money. And I just think that's nice. Has your perception of this community changed since you've become a small business owner? Uh... I don't know. I mean, I think, I, you know, I've been a part of this community even while working at Bates uh, for a long time that I think it's a, it's a great community. What I will say, and I think that's been different, is just that I know a very different side of the community and I have gotten to know more of the community leaders uh, than I did when I was working at the college. And I think that's been great. But I don't know that I've been... No. I mean, I think that I already had a pretty good impression. I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have moved here. I wouldn't have stayed here. I wouldn't have bought the business, any of those things, if I didn't already believe in what was going on here. And what what are you hopeful for? Well, I am hopeful that we continue to exist, that we continue to grow, that we find other opportunities, whether they be to expand this store or expand what we offer or potentially to move to a larger location or to possibility of opening another business, this same business someplace else or another type another of business location. in the area. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Within Lewis and Auburn area. Potentially. Think? If we opened another, like if I opened a second vault, no, it would not probably be in the Lewis and Auburn area. We'd go further away so that yeah. we could address a need in a, in a community where there might not already be such a thing. Hmm. That's interesting because if you're, you're in the process of exploring the idea of getting a liquor license... Now, if you had a second location, you'd have to get a license for that other location, right? Um, Is that how that works? I would have to get separate licenses, but I would. Different towns. It would, in all likelihood, it would at least to start with. I would just go with beer and wine because those those are a lot less expensive licenses to get. 
Right. Yeah. Hmm. And meeting the minimums for like the number of beers and wines that I'd have to have and that you have to have in order to do tastings and things like that. That's not, it's not, not hard to do. Have you had any disappointments? Yes. So, <laughs> uh, I bought the store, uh, well, I should say we bought the store in June, uh, on June 23rd of 2016. And on July 23rd of 2016, we were robbed, um, I was not here. Wow. Uh, I had an employee who worked on Saturdays. I was actually in Portland at the summer session Brewfest and uh, got a call from the police that I needed to come back because of that. And uh, that was exceptionally disappointing. And um, the employee who was working for me was injured. And uh, that was very made me very upset, obviously. And uh, I had some people who questioned, you know, are you going to close? Are you going to? And I, my resolve at that point was greater to make sure that I didn't, you know, let the actions of one person determine my future. And so we definitely reopened as quickly as we could. And the response from the community then was wonderful. You know, a lot of people made sure that they came and spent some money or that they checked in and, uh, made sure that we were doing okay after what had happened. And I think that was very much a time at which I knew uh, without doubt that this was the right thing to do and opening the store and staying open was just an important part of uh, being, a, being a part of this community. Yeah, it's such a supportive It place. definitely is, yeah. Yeah, people care. They definitely do, and that that was wonderful. And all the you know the other business owners in the area made sure to come in and say hello, check in, and you know, that was great. Let's touch on your involvement with Downtown Lewiston Association. Okay. You're on the board? I am. I'm the vice chair. Vice chair. What is the Downtown Lewiston Association, for those who don't know? Sure. So Downtown Lewiston Association was formed just a couple of years ago uh, as a nonprofit with the goal of... Uh, growing the downtown community, being supportive to the members and to other people in the downtown area, but really just creating a group that could work together and work towards uh, growing what was happening in downtown Lewiston. And um, we've, I think, seen some really good growth. Uh, last year, you know, we welcomed the trek across Maine to Lewiston and had a really, really good block party that we threw for them that was fantastic and the spirit was good the community came out and we had a ball we were really excited to see how we could grow that for the second year because the first year we had a very very short window in order to plan the event and so with a year to plan and to really put that into place we were excited about what was going to happen and then of course you know, the coronavirus hit, and now we were unable to continue. They made the trek across Maine a virtual event this year. And so our hope would be that next year things are able to be a little closer to normal. I don't know that we'll ever go back to normal, but it would be great to do that. But we've done a lot. We, the Welcome to Downtown sign, the Adopt a Spot with all the flowers along the street. Mm -hmm. um, really, I think, trying to create some... Uh, some beauty down here and also to be advocates for what is happening and to make sure that um, 
you know, we can continue to grow and we can continue to provide opportunities for, for folks in the downtown area. It's like a collective effort to, to bring more positive awareness for everybody in the downtown. Absolutely. Pretty, pretty diverse group of businesses. It definitely is. You know, I think that we've continually tried to reach out to inc- be as inclusive as we can for all of the businesses. And the, the, it's, it's not just Lisbon Street, but it goes basically from Main Street down to um, where the uh, split is on Lisbon Street and Lincoln Street, where they come together, right. where the downtown Lewiston sign is. But so um, we've we've done our best to try and include as many of those businesses along that route, including from Bates Street down to the river. And so it's been great, you know, and there we've had a couple of events that were just more social events and we've had a really fun group of people that have come out. And I think that there's, um, we still, I think all have hope. I think right now with what's going on, it's just sort of trying to maintain the status quo as best we can while still trying to find ways, hopefully to, achieve our goals and to keep growing the downtown area yeah that's great my last question for you okay what gets you out of bed every morning ultimately what gets me out of bed every morning is my family and making sure that i'm able to do what i can for them but also i i enjoy what i do um I came out of a position at the end at the college that I was not entirely happy with or about. And so to be in a job now where I'm making people happy on a regular basis, I spend my day talking about, thinking about alcohol, beer and wine in particular, and that's all right. Uh, And so I'm happy with what's going on with my life. I enjoy it and I like what I do. And I like being a part of this community. I mean, I think that there's a lot it, it isn't like getting out of bed and coming here every day is drudgery. And as long as that's the case, then I think I kind of get that. That's where the meaning comes from, is that I'm at least happy and I'm enjoying what I'm doing. My thanks to Keith for chatting with us today. It was great to hear the perspective of a small business owner, especially during these times. A big shout out to the YMCA of Auburn-Lewiston and Uncle Andy's Digest for sponsoring this episode. We have many more exciting guests ahead in upcoming episodes, so make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your other shows. That way you're not missing out on future episodes when they are released. We also want to thank you for listening. You, our audience, is the most important piece of this program. And we know that these recordings are just slices of a bigger ongoing conversation that we want you to be a part of. If you have any thoughts or ideas, please let us know on social media. LA Metro Magazine is on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Connect with us there. Positive vibes and well wishes from all of us at LA Metro Magazine. Until next time, I'm your host, Colby Michaud. Make sure you're being entertained, staying informed, and getting inspired.